All right, so we're going to switch our attention now from finances to property. And we're talking to some of the property experts, if I can put it that way. Samuel Asif is the Chief Executive Officer of CF Properties and joins us on the line. Samuel, good morning to you. And you'll correct me if I'm not pronouncing your surname and the name of your company correctly. Uh, morning, Kathy. No, thank you. We're called all sorts of things, uh, hopefully most of them positive. Uh, but the correct pronunciation is cease. Is it, it's what? Cease. Cease, yes. Okay, so you don't actually, you right. pronounce the F as an S. S no, S as in uh, for sugar, uh-huh. cease. Ah, cease. I see. Cease. Okay. okay. All right. Th- th- thanks. Thanks for that, Samuel. No Look, problem at all. Uh, you know, I, I think a good place for us to start would be, you know, from the perspective of yourself as a professional in the, in this industry. Where are we with the with the property markets in the current in the country currently? How would you describe things? So, Kathy, uh, I make a joke, and I hope uh, the listeners will, will, will enjoy it, is that around the world, the, the French are considered uh, romantic, the Italians are sexy, and we South Africans, well, we're resilient. So uh, mm. I, would, I would describe us in terms of that's not the best adjective to have. I'd much prefer to be sexy or romantic, but resilient is a good word for us in terms of the property market. And despite the impact of the COVID that we've had, despite uh, a lot of difficulties with the uh, general sentiment, the property market has stood up very well. Uh, and uh, we've had a good increase uh, in terms of turnover since the, uh, the finishing of the, the first lockdown. Uh, and the interest rates uh, certainly helped. We came from 10% down to 7%. Uh, and there was a, a strong demand from people who had been waiting to understand and uh, see where the market was going. When the interest rates came down, there was a strong demand, uh, and uh, it fueled a lot of transactions. Mm. So over the last couple of years, we've actually held our own, and, and we've done very well. Uh, what we have done well, or we've been fortunate, is that our prices have increased, but gradually not anywhere like the same increases that you've seen overseas, which has led now to a very uh, difficult position as we see the interest rate cycle turning upwards again. And and that was really part of my next question. You know, now that interest rates have begun to go up again, what are we seeing the impact of that being on the property market? And especially given the fact that, you know, the cost of living has sort of just spiraled up and you people that were perhaps buying properties a year and a half ago at, you know, very low interest rates could well find themselves in a different position financially today. Yeah, and and I, I think you're 100% correct. So I think what we've got to look at is that for the moment, and we're not alone in this uh, in the world, we seem to have sailed into a bit of a, a perfect storm, uh, as it were. You've got a situation of, Prices have increased a little bit. You've got interest rates that have increased. Uh, We are dealing with higher inflation. We're dealing with uh, much higher uh, electricity rates and uh, food prices that will be going up. Uh, We're in a position where petrol, uh, obviously, as we've seen and we've heard today, the increases as well, uh, has gone up significantly. So there's less uh, amount of money to go around. Plus, if you add into the sentiment factor together with the, you know, the Zonda report on the corruption and state capture, uh, 
uh, as well as the load shedding, you could arguably say, well, you know, we as estate agents should be sitting at home uh, putting our feet on the desk because there's no activity. Mm. But despite that, there is still activity in the marketplace. It is, uh, to be fair, somewhat muted over where we were um, a year and a, a bit ago or even maybe six months ago. But that's understandable. We're in the middle of winter. We're facing our worst load shedding for a few months. We've just had our highest petrol price increases. Um, but it's not that the phone isn't ringing or the inquiries aren't coming through. They are, but uh, somewhat muted. So I, I think that in general, as I said earlier, uh, uh, the resilience shown by the property market is still strong. And I think that's based on the fact that, that although interest rates have gone now from 7 to 825 uh, and sadly, I think we're going to expect uh, probably at least a half a percent increase to uh, 8.75% uh, in the next uh, the Monetary Policy Committee meeting, which takes place uh, later on in July. Uh, I think that's going to be the case. Um, you know, I, I think that d despite that, I think we are still in a position where uh, in, in my career, and I've been in the industry for over 38 years now, the actual average price for that period for me, interest rate has been 15, 16%. Mm. So, so we're still marginally lower. Yeah. No, we're still significantly lower mm. than what we have been. Uh, and in fact, when the interest rates came down to 7%, we were the lowest for over 50 years. So people have been taking advantage. And whilst we do accept that the interest rates may go up, uh, I think we're still in very good territory when one looks at it over a, a longer period. Uh, and one has to look at it over a longer period because these are loans generally over 20 years. Mm. Where would you say that the current opportunities in the market are? Well, that's an interesting, <laughs> an interesting one uh, at the moment because I think everybody's always looking to say, right, you know, where are the opportunities? And everybody's fighting for those opportunities. Yes, yes. Um, you know, the real, real opportunities, I think, are in the middle to upper end in, uh, in, the, in the Johannesburg, uh, Gauteng region, uh, where that market has gone very quiet over the last while, and I think one goes and negotiates. But where I'm talking, the middle to upper, I'm talking seven and a half, ten million rand upwards. So that's not for the average <laughs> well, South African. That, that, that's not for most of us. <laughs> yes, no, no. Sadly, sadly, it's not. Yes. But uh, you see, in the market that is the most active, which is, and, and we've seen it uh, since the the end of the lockdowns, the one and a half to three million. That's where there has been a lot of activity. Uh, and although prices have risen a little bit, um, and where I say that's 5 or 6%, um, there aren't that many opportunities per se as an opportunity. There, there, there are good uh, buying positions where if you're looking for your family, uh, you're now getting married and you want a family home, or you're having a, uh, you have a child and you're now told that you've got uh, triplets on the way, you're pregnant, you know, there are lifestyle changes and moves. Mm -hmm. And now is a good time because, as I said, at, at 8.25 or 8.75, we're significantly less than what the country has experienced o over the last three decades. But for that, as with any other investment, uh, a buyer must do their homework, they must go into the area that they're interested in, they must look at the properties, they must consider the options, uh, and the opportunity will stand out and the right property will stand out. In terms of just investment 
as I say, the, the, the quietest market has been the middle to upper end in the Gauteng region, where people are just feeling a little bit uncomfortable uh, with the infrastructure and the sentiment in, in terms of, of investing that kind of money uh, into the future. So, so effectively, if you have about 10 million rand to throw around, now is a good time to go and negotiate. Uh, of, you, can, of, of <laughs> you can get very, very good deals and big discounts off the asking prices. All right. Yeah. I, I want to talk, Samuel, about this issue of, of the mortgage, especially given all of these different factors. Um, that ultimately feed into the affordability question that we've been talking about. So when uh, I'm thinking about, okay, I I want to buy a house and um, I I want us to play in the space that would affect the majority of people. So in that range of 1.5 to 3 million rand, then um, what is it that I need to consider about where I am and what I can afford now, and also thinking about what the future may possibly hold. Sure, and I, I think that's very important, Cathy. And, and and one of the things we we tend to want to do is to advise our buyers, you know, don't buy to the absolute maximum where you're going to be able to throttle the rest of your, your lifestyle. Mm. You equally have to live, you've got to be able to... Uh, purchase other things, you've got to be able to put the food on the table and you don't want to be in a position where you're scrambling for uh, you know, that last 10 or 100 rand to pay the bank back to make sure you're not in arrears. So let's look at it practically. Uh, if, if we're looking at a, a 1 million rand loan, let's say that you take from a bank on a mortgage, currently at the moment you're paying uh, 8,520 rand. Now that's gone up from what was 7,750 rand, so it's just short of 800 rand increase that it's gone up uh, already. And if we're looking now and saying, right, on a million rand loan, my current interest rate is 8.25, it goes up, let's say, by uh, 50 basis points or half a percent, your increase will go to 8,837 or 316 rand increase. So, uh, and I was asked this uh, the other day on the radio, what does one do? I said, well, we we, we stop buying maybe a new pair of shoes every month. We Mm -hmm. buy it every second month or every third month. Or we don't buy the brand that's as expensive. And we, you know, we wait a little bit and we fix up the old pair of jeans rather than going to buy a new one. and, And we make sure we stay up to date. But going forward, one's got to then be in a position to say that if you look um, in, in a situation where the interest rates go up 75 basis points, let's say they go up to 9% by the end of the year because that was a prediction, you will be then paying 476 rand more than you're currently paying now or uh, just short of 500 rand. And I've got to make sure that you're in a position to be able to absorb that additional cost. And then there, therein lies the, you know, the, the balance. You're, you're trading off. I, I want to get the best possible property, the most amount of uh, bricks and mortar for my, uh, for my rand. But equally, I don't want to go to the maximum that should interest rates increase. And sadly, I think we are in an interest rate increase cycle that I won't be able to afford the repayment. Or if I do, I'll have to cut out many other elements of my lifestyle that I'm enjoying. Having said that, you know, paying the bond, etc., it is a saving. It's a forced saving. 
um, you, you're in a position where the increases sadly aren't going to help you. You're going to have to pay them off. But it is an investment. And it's investment, one, in your lifestyle, for your family, creating the foundation and the stability. But on the other hand, equally, it's an investment that over the period of time, mm-hmm. as you pay your bond off and you've got equity, then you have got access to resources and the you know, ability to fund yourself going forward. Um, so I think that one's got to take a measured approach, uh, Cathy. I think you've got to look at it on saying, what can I afford? I assume there are going to be able uh, some interest rate increases. Can I absorb them? Will I be able to make the repayments? Often when we hear people talk about property, it's also described in, uh, you know, in terms such as it's a buyer's market or it's a seller's market. Um, right. <laughs> would, would, would you go, far, go as far as, as, as describing what kind of, of market we're in right now? And part of the reason I ask that question is because we have some of our listeners that um, will get in touch and they'll ask, you know, should I be looking to buy property to rent right now? Uh, so so, uh, yes, I'll, I'll buy the property, but I won't live in it. I'll just maybe get tenants and they'll pay off the bond while I rent elsewhere. Uh, it's different mm-hmm. configurations that people are, sure. are trying to work through uh, to, yeah. to really make the most of, of where they may be. Absolutely. Okay, so let's look at the market first. I would think that in that market for 3 million and below, I think it's a pretty balanced market. What do I mean by that? We have... Uh, a good, and we've had up until now, a good level of demand. And interestingly, we've had reasonably a good level of supply. That means there's those people who also through lifestyle changes of uh, getting older, children having left home, uh, divorces, deaths, etc. They've been bringing their properties on the market. And sadly, that's also been exacerbated by during COVID, people have either lost their jobs or changed style of living. Um, and they've needed to sell. So whilst we've had an increase in demand because interest rates have come down, we've actually had equally a similar level of supply coming onto the market. So that's kept prices relatively uh, stable. As I say, we've had 5 or 6% increase in the value of property over the, in that price category in, in the last um, uh, two years. So I would have called that a balanced market. It doesn't benefit the seller too much, doesn't benefit the buyer. It's been a, a good time. Uh, obviously, Cathy, if we go back to our 10 million rand plus properties in the Gauteng region, then it's uh, very much a buyer's market. So that if you're looking to sell, you then need to bring your price into line with buy- what buyers are prepared to pay right. in that market. But in the general market, I would say it's balanced. Mm. Samuel, I'm, I'm, second... I'm, I'm just going to interject there before you get into sure. the second part of my question. Yeah. Uh, we've got sure. a break coming up. I want us to take the break. And I think we can also uh, take one or two calls. If you have any specific calls uh, for Samuel from CS, he is, of course, uh, the chief executive officer there. CS Properties, that is. I'll take those calls on 011. One seven one four two double zero six and on the WhatsApp line zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. All right, we're talking property and understanding your mortgage. Samuel Sears is uh, the CEO of Sears Properties, and he's joining us for the conversation this morning. Uh, so, Samuel, just an opportunity for you to get into uh, the second part of the question I put to you, and it's around, uh, you know, people navigating uh, whether to rent, buy properties, to rent them out, or rent out their own properties, and, and really the different configurations that, uh, that, that, that some people may be thinking about there. 
and what we need to keep in mind when making those decisions. Okay, thanks, Cathy. So I think one's really looking at the the, the investment opportunity of, of purchasing property. So uh, there are different considerations, and the question, obviously, for the first part stands up to what your financial position is. Are you uh, renting uh, or staying at uh, your house, staying with your parents, staying with your family, and you have uh, a good income stream which will allow you to purchase a property as an investment to take a, uh, a mortgage on that property and put a tenant in to pay, uh, pay down that mortgage? So if you are in that position... Excellent. Now, you might be in your own home and still have additional funds to be able, uh, that's paid off and be able to take out an additional mortgage. And yes, I think this marketplace is relatively good. And as I say, because residential property uh, does take time to pay back, there's two uh, measures of paying back. One is the return on the actual uh, purchase price. In other words, what rental you'll get in. And generally, depending uh, around about the one and a five, one and a half million rand properties, your return will be five or six percent. Uh, maybe after expenses closer to the five percent mark. That means that if you're borrowing money at eight percent or eight point two five, you'll have to pay in and subsidize that a little bit. But equally, on the other hand, what you would hope for then is an increase in the capital value of that property. So if you bought it for a million, you would hope that in two or three years' time, that property would be worth 1.2, 1.3 million rand, uh, and therefore you, you've made a good investment. So, you know, whether you should be buying to, to rent out, uh, whether you should be buying to live in, that will depend on your own financial position. Uh, clearly, as a passive form of income, um, owning property, uh, renting it out, uh, getting investment return uh, can clearly lead to greater uh, financial wealth and the creation of financial wealth. But much like anything else, it's it's fairly much a full-time business. Mm. I was, was going to say, your... it's, it's not very passive, is it? <laughs> no, no, it's yeah. not. Uh, you've got to be involved. You've got to understand. You've got to see the... Uh, the upkeep of the property, you've got to have your finger on the pulse, you've got to make sure you have the right tenant, that you've done the correct credit checks, etc. So whilst your, your capital is working for you, in that sense it's passive, for the rest to ensure that you're uh, looking after and engaging and keeping your asset working for you, as you correctly say, that isn't so passive and you need to have the time uh, and the expertise to make sure you're maximizing in that regard. Mm. When it comes to the issue of mortgages, I've got a question here. One of our listeners uh, talking about uh, fixed versus linked interest rates and if there's a, a particular preference that, that you have there. Yeah, so generally in South Africa, the fixed rates are fixed for three to five years, mostly around about the three-year mark. But what they do is they build in a premium. So if the interest rate now was 8.25, you couldn't fix it now at 8.25 for three years. You would have to fix at a higher level, 9 or 9.5%. I don't know the, the actual uh, rates um, uh, offhand. But they charge a premium. Then if interest rates go up, you're paying your fixed amount. So if they go up above the 9.5 or 10, then you are, uh, as it were, in the money. But if they don't go up as high, then you're paying a higher amount. It's, it's there as a level of ensuring that you can make the repayments over a period of time. Overseas, you can generally get 10, 15, 
20 and as much as 30 year fixes. And that would give you a greater deal of comfort and, 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 and security knowing that you could actually uh, fix for a, 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 great, uh, a greater length of time. Uh, I'm not so sure that short-term fixes in South Africa make that much sense uh, as we stand now rather than uh, free-floating with the, with the rates as they, as they move up and down. All right. Uh, let me uh, take a couple of WhatsApp voice note questions that we've got for you, Samuel. Thank you for your lovely program. I just wanted to ask uh, Samuel, uh, if you've got debt, uh, sell a credit cards, etc., etc., uh, is it a good thing to, 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 to combine them all and try and take it out on your bond? Um, yeah, I'm going to listen over the radio. Thank you. Welcome in Cape Town. Thank you. All right. Samuel? Yeah, that is something that has been done, and people do it because you generally can get a lower interest rate um, than your other debt on your mortgage. So if your if the prime rate is 8.25, often you're paying higher, nine or ten or ten and a half on a credit card or on store debt. If you have equity in your home, and you can combine that, yes, it does. Uh, it does allow you to convert that shorter term debt to longer term debt at higher at lower interest rates, but remember that the concern there is that you 're then going to be paying that debt off for for a much longer period of time mm. so there 's pluses and minuses uh, if you are financially strapped and you 're saying i 'm not in a position to pay back, but I do have equity in my house, that is one way, but you wouldn 't want to do that and then go out and then start. Uh, racking up short-term uh, debt again uh, by by using uh, your credit cards excessively. So if you wanted to do it to consolidate as a once-off, it it can work because you're at uh, generally a lower interest rate, but you'll be paying off that interest rate for a longer time and might be paying higher amounts. Uh, one's got to try and find a way to get out of that debt cycle uh, to be able to establish the best uh, financial wealth creation. Mm. So Samuel, is is there a, a recommendation that you have for how long people should hang on to their properties after they've bought them before they resell them just to make the most of any growth opportunities? It's, a, it's an interesting question. I, I think that very much depends on the individual and their lifestyle choice. Mm. So as I say, you move into your your studio apartment. Well, then you find a partner and you get married, and you know you're planning a family. That's not going to work. So you're going to have to sell that one and buy a one-bedroom home, and uh, then you're going to find that hopefully uh, uh, one of the partners is pregnant and they're coming home with triplets. Well, then a two-bedroom home might not work. You might need you know more, etc. So it, it's very much a lifestyle. Uh, choice. Each individual will look at their circumstances. Uh, people will be growing up. They'll be needing to move to schools. They'll be needing to needing to move closer to work or to universities. They'll be retiring. Uh, I think that it's a difficult one to to answer as a generality. I think that each individual's got to look at their circumstances mm. and say, right. Uh, this works for me. And some people stay in the same home that they've been in for 50 years, and that becomes the family home, and it, it offers all the benefits uh, that one would with creating a, a stable family and, and a history 
with which one one can live uh, under one roof. All right. I'll, I'll take one final voice note question for you, Samuel. Sure. Hello, Siskethi. Um, can I just, uh, can you ask your guest, why do we uh, classify buying property as an investment, whereas, you know, um, most of South Africans cannot buy uh, property cash. Uh, we don't have 1.2 uh, million uh, in our accounts to buy the house, you know, so we will definitely go for financing. And when you look at the amount of money that is paid off, if you take a property for 1.4 million, uh, the amount of money that you paid pay up after that 20 years will be triple, uh, will be triple the uh, amount, the cost of that house. You know, so why is it classified as an investment? Samuel. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I think the, the, the points raised uh, are correct. Firstly, most people don't have 1.4 million rand, for example, and that's the average price uh, in South Africa at the moment, uh, cash. So most people have uh, a smaller amount, uh, some ha- are earning well, can afford a mortgage to cover that purchase price or close there too, uh, but will then, as the caller correctly says, be paying that interest back over 20 years and paying uh, a significantly greater sum than the actual amount initially borrowed, that 1.4 million. So my advice in general uh, would be that as far as possible, wherever you can, is to increase the monthly bond repayment that uh, you were making. So, for example, if you had a property uh, three years ago and you were paying 10% and then interest rates came down to 7%, your monthly repayment would have decreased, but my advice would have been to say, if you can, keep on paying the same repayment as if you were 10%. That way you'll bring your bond down much quicker and end up paying it not over 20 years, but maybe over a period of 12 or 14 years. All right. Now, why, why I'm saying it's an investment is because when you look at it over that 10 or 12-year period or, four, or 14 and you've paid it off, that home is no longer by 1.4. By generally what's happened in South Africa, you've had increases of 5, 6, 10% per annum. And that property now might be worth 2 million or 2.5 million rand over 15 years. All right. And, and, and hence we look at it and say, you know, not only are you paying off and saving and you're putting, as I say, an important roof over your family's head, but equally it can be an investment at the same time. Samuel, let me thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Really appreciate uh, the insights you've shared with myself and our listeners. That's where we leave it for today. Let me take you over to Anne Musa, who's standing by with your latest news.